You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. It's hour two. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. At the bottom of the hour, MLB Network's John Morosi will join us. Tee up the Major League Baseball trade deadline. What are the Jays going to do? Shohei Otani staying, right? Staying with the Angels because they're delusional thinking that they can be a playoff team. Maybe delusional strong. But it's going to be tough for them to get into the postseason. We'll talk to my man, John Morosi, straight ahead at 730. He'll actually join us. Our pal Julian McKenzie, uh, Flames writer for The Athletic, will join us at the top of the next hour. And uh, we'll talk about that debacle uh, with writer for Sportsnet, uh, Haley uh, McGoldrick of Canada losing 4 nothing to Australia. The hosts in their final group stage game being eliminated from the Women's World Cup. We did get a gift in that game late in the second half. Thanks to uh, Alicia Chapman, um, who on the on the live mic was caught saying probably one of the greatest live mic clips in Canadian sports history. Uh, if you haven't heard it, uh, it's uh, Alicia spelt... Uh, a-L-L-Y-S-H-A. I, I just watched it again. It's such a fantastic piece of audio. <laughs> I've saved it to my phone. Yeah, you should. It should be your voicemail. I took a, um, a video recording of it and just saved it as a photo. There you go. It's incredible. It's an incredible, pe- it's an incredible clip. Uh, I'll just, if you haven't heard it, I'm just going to give you the very edited, clean version. Uh, she bleeping fell into me, UT. So... You do with that as as you want, um, but it's out there, and I've seen it, and I just watched it again, and it put another smile on my face because we're never we're not going to remember this result, but that clip will live forever. I didn't even know what the uh, score in Canadian was. sports history. Yeah, we'll it's a great on. one. Live on forever. Um, it will something to remember it by. Yeah, um, Australia was to get nice. To. Oh man, I just can't. It's showing it again. Oh, it's so bad. Uh, lots to uh, to get to uh, before we get to my man, John Morosi. Um, I'm doing shows in Ontario this week. Whoa. Uh, Whoa. I know, peek behind the curtain, because I don't really think it sounds like I'm in Ontario right now, does it? I don't know. Maybe. No, I don't A think it bit. does. I think it's pretty clear. No, it's pretty good. Yeah. So uh, I feel guilty about something that still I still feel guilty about. What could that be? Okay, so Patrick, um, Maddie Rose drove me to the airport. <laughs> Maddie Rose drove me to the airport. It's like, hey, Maddie, how about you drive me to the airport? We can catch up because I'm not going to see you. Tell me about your Italy trip. I totally I'll forgot to bring this pool. up. I, 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 uh, I'll bring some golf pool. I'll put in some golf pool picks for you uh, as in the thank you for driving me to the airport. Okay, cool. We got a lot of traffic driving the airport, having good conversation. Maddie's telling me about his uh, Italy trip. It's great. And then right near the end of our, our – <laughs> right where we're going to pull onto the airport, maybe about five minutes away from beautiful Calgary International Airport. Going north on Deerfoot. Yeah, north on – a stone hits his windshield Oof. and just cracks it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Spider web. I'm like, yep. come on, man. Middle like, of – Not just a little crack, like a crack. Oh, yeah. It's like God threw a boulder down onto your windshield. <laughs> um, I feel bad about it still. It, it, and the crack has gotten worse. 
um, <laughs> since you left the vehicle. Every bump too. you go over, it's yeah. just Oh, yeah, it just continues to get worse. Over. I know, uh, I got two of them. I went, I, I, I saw my brother recently who's a mechanic, and I was like, dude, what's the deal here? He walks over, takes two looks. He's like, yeah, new windshield. All right, see you later. And then he walked away. And I was like, okay, that's that's perfect. So, um, yeah, we got to get the got to get the windshield replaced, apparently. I feel bad. Yeah, it happens. It was just yeah. like, it was one of those things where I wasn't following too closely. Mm. It's Deerfoot in like the middle of the summer. Like, yep. it, listen, it's, if we're coming out of winter, I'm like, okay, there's rocks everywhere and they're going to get ripped up. Yeah. And we're not following behind a semi. It was like a standard SUV. Mm. And yeah, just... Bing. Could have been in his tire. And oh, just, just the way that it yeah, hit the glass too. And just spidered. Right yeah, it's, no good. Why well, you don't travel with yeah. your windows down on um, your foot? I felt bad. Uh, I wanted to ask you what did your uh, what did your quote as you like to say better half have to say about the windshield? Uh, yeah. Did she, she notice? <laughs> yes, she. she uh, I think I told her, and then she obviously noticed. But yeah, yeah I don't know. It was. Oh, well, darn, shoot. I'll have to replace it. I think I'm going to get a pretty sweet deal on the replacement. And my brother's going to just put it in for free, which, granted, is never a really good idea. But that's fine. I'm not too worried about like it. You, you already had, like, a, a chip in your windshield that would have... I probably could have gone to, like, one of the parking lots and done, like, the chip fill-in for the other one. This is... This needs to be replaced. Yeah, yeah. I feel bad. Yeah. I feel bad. But again, uh, thank you for driving me. Yeah, my and, uh, pleasure. It was really, really great. Yeah, I uh, I feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. How about I'll take you out to dinner when I'm back? Thank you. But just I, you. I would appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no one else can come. Yeah. No, that's nobody fine. else. Yeah. We can um, go somewhere nice. Yes. Uh, Roos Chris. Um, love Roos Chris. Um, okay. I'll wear my salmon so, shirt. Uh, there's a couple more things I want to get to. I want to open this up to the text line because mm. I saw this thing uh, from Dan Campbell. They talked. They talked about his coffee order during training camp, and uh, Dan Campbell is one of the characters in the NFL. Great clips. You know the guy loves football. Like he wakes up, it's football, football, football all day. Super intense, big dude. Uh, they asked him about his uh, coffee order, uh, and here it is on the big show. Hit it, GVP. Well, to normally what I do is I get. I'll get two venti. I go, you know, Starbucks. I get two venti of the pipe with two shots in them. So black eye and both. That's what I come in with. That's how I start the day. So, okay. So just because I'm not, again, I'm not a big Starbucks guy or mm. Starbies as mm. they call it. Mm. Um, but uh, he orders two venti coffees from Starbucks with two espresso shots in each. That's more than 1,100 milligrams of caffeine. That's the equivalent, Matty Rose, of drinking 10 Red Bulls every single morning. Well, that, <laughs> yeah, that feels that's intense, mildly unhealthy for the heart. But that's that's kind of where I would start. Um, Red Bull has all sorts of other things in it that I think make it also not really healthy. So you're probably lasers. Yeah. Lasers and yeah. Red Bull tastes like a laser. Yeah, it does. And at the same time, I like, I want to hope that coffee is like a little bit better for the body, but when you're doing it to that extent, like the other thing too, is like, that's just like a lot of liquid to drink. Like 40 ounces of coffee. Is, is he gets after it? That's that's no small feat. Like I have trouble getting through like a twenty here at work over the course of a day, yeah. let alone forty. 
and you're getting the jitters because, yeah. Well, Venti's what three shots of espresso and then a bonus, so he's doing what four per maybe. Yeah, it's it's not. Now, granted, he probably doesn't need to have a nap in the middle of the day. He's probably able to power no. through with a breakfast like that. And I wonder what breakfast is for a guy like Dan Campbell, who still looks Nails. like he could probably play in the league. Yeah, a handful of tacks. Yeah, yeah, something like that. He goes out and grabs a handful of gravel and just chomps on that on his way yeah. to work. He's a real man. Yeah, 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 exactly. I don't know. That's It's too much, George. I would That's not a feel lot. well. Uh, nine sixty nine sixty name and location on the text line. Uh, text us the most absurd coffee order you've heard or seen or know somebody who has an absurd coffee order. Oh, the Wayne Gretzky nine sixty nine sixty name and location. What's that? The Wayne Gretzky. Oh God. Oh the the, <laughs> the, di- the diabetes in a cup. Listen, I have I've been behind somebody who ordered an eight by eight. Ooh, a Lindros. <laughs> <laughs> a William Nylander. I got, I hid somebody an eight by eight. I'm like, whoa, that's like cream and sugar with a dash of coffee. Can yeah. I get, can I get a Sid thing. the Kid, please? <laughs> yeah. Eight cream, seven sugar. Yeah, I, Sid I, the Kid. I, I'm watching my sugar intake. I'll, uh, I'll go with the Sid the Kid, please. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> um, 960, 960, uh, name and location. Um, your most absurd coffee order, either you do, you know somebody who does, or you've heard. Uh, Dan Campbell, head coach of the Detroit Lions, ingests uh, <laughs> over 1,100 milligrams of caffeine every morning, <laughs> which is the equivalent of drinking 10 Red Bulls every single morning. I don't know about you guys, but mm. I think that's a path to a long and healthy life if you drink 10 Red oh. Bulls every day. Oh, yeah, and just adding the stress <laughs> of an NFL coaching job to it. No yeah, problem. Sure it'll be a heart attack. Fine. Fine. <laughs> yeah, most uh, coaches have a shelf life. I think we're, like, legitimately watching his heart's life. Like, how long is this thing going to be able to keep going? Um. Oh, my goodness. Uh, there's a good one already here. Uh, Kevin from uh, Carstairs. Uh, when I was in Fort McMurray, I witnessed individuals uh, making half espresso, coffee, and half Red Bull first thing in the morning. Good God. Why? Why don't you just yeah. pick one and just, like, double it or triple it? I don't understand why you'd mix them all together. Like, like that's, like, that's just making things complicated for the sake of being different. Stop yeah. it. Nine sixty nine sixty name and location. My personality think, quirk is I'm quirky. I think when uh, I think we should get intern Ben to try the Wayne Gretzky, the extra large nine <laughs> oh, by nine. He's just laughing. <laughs> I think he should try it. I I I'm not gonna disagree. Yeah, you think, do there won't be any coffee flavor at all. You should do the Wayne Gretzky. Hey, how fast and do you, you should think- probably. Intern Ben, you should probably go record yourself ordering the Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> like, wonder and, what the looks of people's faces. The server is like, look of like, oh, are, yeah. are you, are you yeah. okay? Are you sure? Hi, I may. Hi, I'm Intern Ben. Can I, can I go? Intern Ben, maybe you go do that today. Can you Somebody just... give Ben a toonie. <laughs> Extra large Wayne Gretzky. Nine by nine. And then Ben, at the end of the show, why don't you try it? And then you can give us a, a, a lowdown on the Wayne Gretzky. 
I I I think you, I need tape of you just ordering a Wayne Gretzky and seeing if they no, know no, what yeah. that is. So <laughs> like, bring what? your bring your phone, bring a recorder, give them a microphone. Ben, go down to the Tim Hortons. There's there's a lot that are close by, and go order the Wayne Gretzky, and then come back, and then we'll taste it for uh, you'll taste it for like eight forty five. You like that idea, Ben? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then, no, and then well, this is what we'll do. Uh, go order the Wayne Gretzky, and then put some in. Everybody can try some of it too. Throw at the studio. Look at you. So nice to be in Toronto for this one, hey? Uh, first oh, of all, you're not in Toronto, you son of a what? Oh, you... did I do that? Again? He's on Niagara by the lake. Oh, No, sorry. I'm not Niagara. It's Niagara <laughs> on the lake, and it's not. <laughs> Close enough. <sighs> okay, so intern Ben, no, I'm serious about this. Do you want me to e-transfer you $2, Ben, so you can go buy the coffee? We'll just like Uber I want. it. No, you know what? You know what, intern Ben? Can send me your information. Can you do I'm going to... No, no, no. I'm going to do this. Intern Ben, I'm going to send you $10, and I want you to buy four 9 by 9s for the guys oh, in the studio. I'm not <laughs> doing Everyone's that. trying one. I'm I'll not have doing it. that. I'll do it. I don't care. Yes, you are. You, come on, Patrick. Come yeah, on. Yeah, you will. Come on. It's not, you got to try the Wayne Gretzky. We've tried way worse right. here, too. Yeah, popcorn yeah, and mayo. You tried mayonnaise on popcorn. Yeah, warm I mayonnaise. I didn't do that. Which I don't understand what the consistency was. I don't know why everybody was so upset about that, what that reminded them of. Stop. It but was awful. Yuck. Yeah, intern it was a Ben. Big yuck. Intern Ben, in our in show chat, send me your phone or your email, and I will send you an, an e transfer for $10. And yep. you go and buy four Wayne Gretzky's at Tim Horton. It has to be extra large so they can fit all that milk and cream in there. Sugar you, and cream. You can choose up to 10. Oh, no. When you make your order on the app. No, 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 no. I don't. 10 is insane. I know. I'm just saying, like, that I was just wondering what you could do when you But like, it has order to be the online. Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the, yeah, it has to be the Wayne Gretzky. Wayne the Gre- 9 by the 9 Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. Uh, okay, intern Ben. We'll do that for uh, 845 to wrap up the Very show. Very excited. To... And I can't wait for you guys all to taste it. GVP, are you excited for this? You like the dairy? I'm on team milk, but this seems like uh, <laughs> it's overboard. This feels like overkill. It, okay, I know I know you're team milk, team uh, but you got to jump in. The, this has to be cream too, if you're gonna have the. Oh recipe. yeah, it's got to be. It has to be the cream. Uh, like it must. Uh, some of these are great it's too. Be Keep so them rolling heavy. in. Oh my goodness. Nine sixty nine sixty. Name uh, and location. Uh, your weirdest coffee order, either you do, you've heard, you know somebody who does. After Dan Campbell, head coach of the Detroit Lions, uh, drinks two venti coffees from Starbucks, two espresso shots in each, more than 1,100 milligrams of caffeine. It's too much. Which is the equivalent of uh, drinking 10 Red Bulls. So uh, intern Ben is going to make his way down to um, a specific coffee shop that we will not mention. Did I mention it already? I think you did, but no free plugs. <laughs> yeah. No free plugs anymore. Again, uh, they're my competitors when I open my coffee shop, Jim Thornton's. Yeah. But uh, nine by nine for get, the guys in the room. Get your bits. Nine by nine <laughs> for the guy. And then we'll do, and then you guys will do a taste test at 845. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think I'm going to enjoy it. Like, I have a, yeah. a despicable and I sweet want you tooth. to take a big sip. Oh, too. yeah. I'll probably finish the damn thing. Who are we kidding? Yeah. I. Okay, I also want to know like the mouthfeel of it. 
good. Like the sensation on your mouse skin. Oh, like I need gritty. to know. Gritty. I need to know all of that stuff coming up. Okay. <laughs> um, John Morosi at the bottom of the hour. Up at the uh, Ma- Major League Baseball trade deadline. Well, it's already 20 after the hour. Like we did a lot on coffee there. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, we have five minutes here to talk about this. And later on, a dude in Japan spent twenty nine grand on uh, something very interesting. Oh, I hate uh, we'll do story. that later. Um, what's that? I hate that story so much. Okay, well, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yes. Okay, but we'll do it anyway. Okay. Uh, yeah, we have to, but I, I just can't. Gross. Anyways, okay. now. July 31st, uh, still really quiet on the Flames front. Is it like signing Hanzik? That's not... That's something they should have been doing, that that's really not flamesy news. Do you think Maddie Rose? Yes, me. And we're going to ask um, we're gonna ask our man Julian McKenzie at the top of the next hour, too. Uh-huh. Do you think we hear anything in the month of August on the Lindholm or Hannafin front or Backlund? Mm. I'm leaning no. Ooh, okay. But, 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 I I still wouldn't rule out something with Noah Hannafin before the start of the season. That's the one that I think um, the door is definitely closed on him signing any extension. Definitely going to go to market and see what he can do. Uh, so I would seriously wonder about that. And, you know, like, if the Pittsburgh Penguins really are interested in Eric Carlson, but they don't want to you know, mortgage the house to bring in an aging veteran who probably won't be able to replicate what he did in San Jose when he actually has to play some defense this year. Noah Hannafin would be a great secondary choice at an extremely more palatable cost as far as the dollar number on his contract goes. The value would probably end up being the same when we're talking about it because I think Eric Carlson's value is probably a little overblown right now. But that seems like a viable trading partner to me. I don't know what... um, Pittsburgh's kind of options are as far as their prospects go. I know they're better than Boston, that's for sure. And you go and you take a gander. They got tons of draft picks still available. Um, so that would be an interesting one. I do I, I just wonder about Noah Hannafin um in the month of August. That would be my one. I'm leaning no, we don't get anything, but that would be kind of my one that I would be um not waiting on, but wondering about. Yeah, I'm just wondering what how much of a difference would it be like from now till August salary cap? Cause what teams aren't acquiring more cap space here in the month of August. Like everything is just so tight around the NHL. It just feels more and more likely that that scenario that we talked about that probably wouldn't be an option or be the best option for the Calgary flames is having all these guys on the team heading into the season feels like a real possibility now. It does feel like a real possibility. And and like I said, like the Hannafin one is unfortunate because you you probably have to deal him no matter how the season starts or how the season goes because that's just how it's going to be. So you almost feel like getting it done sooner rather than later would be beneficial so that if they don't rattle off, you know, 10 of 15 wins in their first fi- in their first 15 games, all of a sudden you're not put in a spot where you're going, okay, I still have to explore trade possibilities with a guy who's a top four defenseman, but we're out near the top of our division right now. Like that, That's just not somewhere that you necessarily want to be. So that's why I look at him. You know, Backlund and Lindholm, I still do wonder if there is a little bit of room for them to come back, 
enjoy a little bit of a different situation with all the changes to the front office and the coaching staff in the offseason and, and try and, and see if this is something that they are more invested in doing if they can get either you know some more success, some more continuity in the forward group, a little bit more chemistry, whatever you look for. But all of that is something that I'm, I'm kind of paying attention to as we get closer to training camp here because we're, we're, we're inching closer. Like it's just over six kind of weeks away before we start to get into the NHL preseason. Yeah, I want to ask Julian McKenzie, um, over under one and a half trades – for the Calgary Flames in the month of August, over under one and a half trades. I'd take the under for the Calgary Flames. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm leaning under. I think too. Last we'll Julian McKenzie, especially if you're giving me one question. You're gonna give me yeah. one. Uh, Maybe I two. Would take that. Uh, John Morosi, reporter, MLB Network, uh, straight ahead. But first, the Rogers Jays Care Celebrity Golf Classic is coming to Calgary on Thursday, August third, at the Winston Golf Club. This annual golf tournament will include Blue Jays alumni and other local Calgary sports celebrities in support of Challenger Baseball. Challenger Baseball was specifically designed to empower children, youth, and adults living with physical and or cognitive disabilities. For more information or to donate, please visit jayscare.ca. John Morosi, straight ahead, and keep your weird coffee orders rolling in 960-960, name and location. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, it's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan at the top of the hour. Julian McKenzie, Flames writer for The Athletic, will join us. Over-under trades for the Calgary Flames, one and a half in the month of August. We'll ask Julian McKenzie that question. We'll also talk to Haley McGoldrick. Writer for Sportsnet Canada crashes out of the Women's World Cup following a 4-0 loss to the host from Australia. And we're also taking your text messages at 960-960, name and location. In honor of Dan Campbell, Lions head coach Dan Campbell, drinking two venti coffees from Starbucks and two espresso shots, more than 1,100 milligrams of caffeine, the equivalent of drinking 10 Red Bulls every morning. What is your weird coffee order do you know what do you know somebody is it your weird coffee order 960 960 name and location but first the major league baseball trade deadline is tomorrow he's exceptionally busy we appreciate his time on the atlas pizza and sports broadcast hall and we say good morning to my pal from the mlb network john morosi hey how are you george outstanding my friend and uh i i will say as a uh, michigan resident i am uh, yes Rather impressed by Mr. Campbell's uh, <laughs> by his Starbucks order. I, I I cannot play in that league. I will tell you that much. I cannot play in that league. Hmm. Uh, what what is what is your coffee order? Where's your standard coffee order, John? Because I don't remember it from our time in Toronto when you drank coffee. Right, right. Uh, for me, George, I, I'm pretty simple. I'm I'm one. If I go to Starbucks, which I probably do maybe once a month, it would be one. Black coffee, grande. That's it. And and, okay. and my new rule. And and I I will share I will share this uh, this is lifestyle tips with Morosi here in the yes. in the morning. My 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 attempt has been to cut off caffeine at noon. And I think it's it's a better yes. it's a better way to be if you can make it that way. So that's my I I, I am I love coffee. It's it's got to be black coffee. It's um, it's probably part of my Italian heritage. But but then. Noon hits, you, you, you got to stop, and that's much better for sleep. That's how I feel. 
Okay, again, they say, John, uh, you have to uh, stop drinking caffeine 10 hours, at least 10 hours before bedtime. So, again, uh, you're, you're well, helping you a, a lot. Of, yeah, you're helping a lot, a lot of our listeners. Um, I, uh, John, I love the trade uh, the Blue Jays made yesterday, finally getting that swing and miss flamethrower in the back end of the bullpen. This is exactly what they needed, right? It, it certainly is. And uh, Jordan Hicks, uh, what a talent, what an arm. For a long time has, has had one of the most electric arms in Major League Baseball. And, and, and as soon as he's able to command it, which he's been able to do for most of the season, he's almost unhittable. And I, I do think he will really blend nicely with Romano at, at the end of the game. Uh, obviously, they've gotten you know, Mesa's thrown a ton for them. I, I just think that when you when you go back even to Romano and the the, the back issues that he had earlier earlier this month, the the Jays cannot get to the end of the season. And if if Romano has anything going on physically to say, well, we don't have a closer and, and now we're in trouble, that, that would not be a a reasonable uh, explanation from the Jays. They had to get somebody that could be a closer and step in and and do the job on a moment's notice, and now they've got him. So I think this was a really important move for them. They may still find a way to add one more outfield bat. Uh, I I would not expect it's going to be on the level of Juan Soto or something that's a blockbuster. But, but George, this is a good team. It's a good team that needs a, a little bit more depth to it. And I, I think that this was a major move they made yesterday to bring in someone that they really need, I think, to help them get to where they're going for the regular season, but more importantly, how to manage the playoffs as well. John, are they done acquiring arms here? Because uh, that start from Alec Manoa on Saturday was uh, certainly encouraging, again, after the uh, bumps in the road he's had this season for sure. Hunjin Ryu about to make a start this week for the Blue Jays as well. Uh, do you think that that notion of them going to get a starting pitcher, that's not going to happen here within the next day and a half, or that potentially could be still something this team does? I'd be surprised just because I think they, they look at Manoa and Ryu and Kikuchi, and, and between the three of them, they should be able to get solid fourth or fifth starter level of production. And, and if you look at Manoa since he's come back, I mean, four starts in that span, he's got an ERA of uh, 4.34. So it's, so it's good, solid, I guess I would say. You know, he, he has not given up very many hits. He's, he, he's given up two homers in four games. I mean, this is, I think, in general, a pretty encouraging set of data. He, he's much better than he was, I think, before he was demoted. So I, I, I agree with you. I think that you never say never, and maybe they get somebody who's, who's kind of like a swing man who can be a starter or, or reliever. But I would say their need, their involvement, for example, on someone like Detroit's Michael Lorenzen, who's maybe the best rental starter still out there, I, I just don't see it. I, I don't think they need that right now. I think it's much more focused on the right-handed bat. And, and you can always add more to your pen, but I think – they're, they're getting to be a little closer to the team that we expect them to be. John, what do you think about the market for bats like that right now? We saw Randall Gritchick get traded yesterday. He was someone that last week on the program we had talked about, hey, that might be a nice little re-add for the Blue Jays to bring him back. Is something that maybe addresses a need. But the market is slim. Who are some of the other names that you're looking out there that Jays could maybe target to help them in the batting order? Sure. So uh, Lane Thomas for me is, is one that I would mention, you know, he uh, has had a really good, really good four months with the Washington nationals. Uh, 
not a huge name, but he's someone that's been a very productive outfielder for them, above average player. So I, I think Lane Thomas is someone I'd mentioned again. He's right-handed. Uh, the Mets have two right-handed bats, Mark Canna and Tommy Pham. I think those both of them could potentially be fifths who end up moving. Um, and then we'll see. I think that a team like the Padres could have moved an outfielder, but now that they're in it, they had a good weekend. So they're, they're likely to, to stay in this thing and, and try to add actually. So that's, I think those are names I'd mentioned. And then with, with Oakland, Brent Rooker, who was an all-star um, outfield DH type uh, right-handed bat. He can play, he could play the corner infield spots if you really needed him to, but of course the Jays don't. So, uh, but for an outfield DH type, I think Brent Rooker would, would be a good fit as well from the Oakland Athletics. John, is, is the answer maybe internally here for the Blue Jays? Do they just flat out need more from Springer, Varsho, and Vladdy? Well, that would help. <laughs> that, that would certainly help. Uh, and, and this is where you know they made a, a lot of moves in the course of the offseason. The, their goal was to get more left-handed, and they added Kiermaier, Varsho, and Belt. I mean, they, they basically did what they were supposed to do. And And, and you're right. I think internally – they just have not gotten the production that they've that they've been expecting from a few of their key bats, and and I I do like the change they made with Merrifield leading off and George batting a little bit lower in the lineup. Maybe that takes some pressure off of him. But um, this is one of those things where the, the our our instinct and we we love it is to go out and and make a move on the trade market and and do that. But to your point, the what has to happen for this team, and, and I be, believe this firmly, you can quote it, clip it, and play it back if they if they have success or don't in October. But they're going to go as far as Vlad and, and Bo and, and Chapman, to an extent, are able to carry them. I mean, those those are the three guys who are in their prime and capable of carrying this team for a couple of weeks at a time. It's it's really up to those three guys. And and with with uh, with additional contributions as as merited from from different players, whether it's Kirk, obviously he had a big game over the weekend, you know, Springer, Kiermaier, Varsho, Belt. I mean, they, they can add in some production, but, but this is where your superstars have to really take, take the wheel. And they've got to do it. I think for the Jays to make the playoffs and certainly for them to advance to the playoffs. That's, that's the next, next big step because you know, we didn't even see this team win a game in the wild card round last year. They, they need to show us, that they can win games in the playoffs, which hasn't happened yet. And I think for that for that to transpire, uh, you're talking about those superstars. One of them, of course, Chapman, is is going to be a free agent this offseason. So that's that I think adds even more urgency to what the Jays are looking at right now. Uh, it, it's been uh, it's been surprising, John, that the Blue Jays kind of an up and down season. And if you look at the standings this morning, and it's that time of year now, we're looking at standings. Uh, 59 and 47, just five and a half games back at the Orioles, John. And now they're opening up a crucial four-game series against Baltimore at home. Uh, if they, you know, win three out of four here, heaven forbid, sweep is is the division really out of question here for the Blue Jays for a team, John, that really hasn't gotten that hot yet this season. Yeah, it's, it's a fair question. Uh, Baltimore's playing great, and of course, the, the Baltimore beat the Yankees yesterday, nine three. They're young. They are really athletic. I mean, everything that they do is is very, very impressive. They've got some devastating arms out of the bullpen. I, I would never say that it's gone uh, in terms of a chance at the division, but what I will say is this. 
for the Jays to have a realistic chance at winning the division, they've got to win this series. That's, that's how I look at it, for it to be realistic. And, you know, the wild card is, is still a, a prize worth competing for, of course. Uh, there is a way to be a wild card and still host in the first round, which is meaningful. But I, the, the time is getting short here. We're now on the eve of August. And, and when you're at that point, uh, I, I think it's very, very challenging to make up deficits that start running more than four or five games. Uh, so I, I, I agree. I think that the, the Jays have to make some progress now. You know, the, the Rays are coming back to earth a little bit. So if you can prove that you're able to, to, to play with the, the top team in the division being Baltimore, then I think that passing the Rays is, is much more plausible. And then, and then you set your sights at that point on the first place Baltimore Orioles. Looking at the uh, Angels, who were just in Toronto playing that series, they lose the series, they make a trade, they go get a couple more bats. Um, does it feel like the Angels are kind of going all in on a pair of jacks right now? It's not a bad hand. You can win a hand with it for sure, but it's it's not crazy. There's hands that can beat it as well. Do you, is that kind of how it feels with the Angels right now, four games out? Yes, uh, I, I love the analogy. By the way, that was very, very well constructed. That excellent work there. Uh, <laughs> yes. I think that, um, so th- they they do hope to get Trout back at some point in August, which is which is going to be a huge boost for them. And, and of course, as as we know, they've got Shohei, and and clearly the Angels have calculated that what is in the best interest of the organization is is to try their very best to make the playoffs with Shohei this year and that that might be their their path to keeping him long term it's certainly their path to just uh restoring some of their competitiveness and and they along with the tigers have the longest playoff droughts in in major league baseball it's it's time for them to do this and and this is where i i I really appreciate the way that you kind of talked about the question because they've got their their rules and their hand right now if you will is different than everyone else's. The the Yankees, if given this hand, would not behave the same way because the whole context is different. You've got a team that hasn't made the playoffs in nine years. You've got a team that has the most closely watched athlete in the team sports universe, and and he's going to be a free agent. And he he might hit 60 home runs. So you're trying the best that you can to get the most out of this team because that's what's in the best interest of your organization. This is not a a time to calculate your playoff percentage and then and then make your your moves accordingly. Sometimes you got to go for it, and I think that um, I really want to give owner Artie Moreno and, and GM Perry Manazian, mm-hmm. who of course is a former Jays exec, I, I want to give them both a lot of credit for doing what they believe their fans want to see. At the end of the day, my friends, this is still show business, and let's <laughs> not forget that. Yeah, it, it's bold for sure, and I think fans can appreciate that from a front office as well. But if this doesn't work, if 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 they miss the playoffs, Shohei decides to leave, they've made these trades, moving out some prospects, how far is it going to set the Angels back if things go the opposite way, if someone pulls out a couple of kings and beats you? Right. Well, I, I think that the Angels, uh, I'll say this, and it's a, it's, it's a bit of an unconventional approach for them. They went heavy on pitching in the draft a couple of years ago, and, and they promoted these pitchers to the big leagues quicker than anybody else has ever seen, basically. Uh, they, they promoted uh, Chase Silseth and some others. 
to get to the major leagues right away. Joyce is one more name, Ben Joyce. I mean, they, they've, they've brought guys up really quickly. And I think it's been a little bit out of desperation, a little bit out of necessity. And also with the way that the, the amateur draft works now, I think they're trusting all the baseball these guys have played and said, you know what, if you're 23 and 24, you've got big stuff, we want you. Come on up. And so uh, to the extent that their younger pitchers are getting experience, I, I think that could actually help their, their club for next year. But I also believe, to your point, if Shohei leaves, there's going to be a moment where the front office looks around the ballpark at all the Shohei-related merchandise and, and advertising and say, okay, what do we have left? And and what they have left is, hmm. is Trout, obviously, who's, when healthy, is still one of the greatest stars in the game, but has been injured. Rendon, who has been injured uh, a lot since signing the contract. And then so, some youth. I mean, a little bit, of, you know, Zach Neto's got some promise. But they've, they've got some good players. But, again, you got to compare them to what, the Rangers are putting out there right now, what the Mariners have been able to build in recent years. And this is a a tough, tough division that that also includes, by the way, the reigning world series champs and the Houston Astros. So there's, there's, I think a a significant challenge ahead for them, but I think Perry, Perry Manazian is willing to just wait, reflect and see what, see what November looks like. Once, uh, once November gets there, they're, they're just totally focused on trying to make the playoffs, which, which I admire. John Morosi, reporter for MLB Network, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Big Show, Russick and Rose, 960 The Fan. Do, do, do they think they have a legitimate chance at re-signing him, John, or does it just feel like it's a fait accompli that he's going cross town to the Dodgers? Uh, I think they, let's put it this way, I think they realize that whatever chance they have is wrapped up in them making the playoffs. They hmm. they do not have, if if they miss the playoffs, Shohei will say, wait a minute, I spent six years with you guys. We never made the playoffs once. And here's this team across town that for the last decade has done nothing but make the playoffs every single year and has won a World Series and has superstars in their prime like Mookie and Freddie. And I could still I could still be a teammate of Kershaw's. You start going down the list of, of why he'd go there. I, I think the only way the Angels have a legitimate chance to keep him, George, is if they make the playoffs and prove to him they're good enough to do it because he's waited so long to be on a winner, and and he's going to make an extraordinary and quite possibly record-setting sum of money this winter no matter where he goes. So if you're already going to do that, that's that's why I my, my saying about Shohei has, has been – it's it is about the money, but it's not at all about the money. He's he's not like all the offers that are competitive and meaningful are going to be likely in the half billion dollar range. He's just going to be able to take his pick. It's like it's like it's like what you do every morning, George. Like which which half billion dollar offer do you take? So that's basically that's right. what what Shohei is <laughs> going to do. That's what Shohei is going to be doing. He's going to take his choice among those offers. And, and and the point is, even if the Angels offer him the high dollar. Okay, so if they offer him 520 and the Dodgers offer him 500 and the Dodgers say you can come here and you got a much better chance to win, I tend to think that once you're – I mean, I've never – having been there before, but once you're in the neighborhood of, of half a billion dollars, the exact um, individual millions tend to get a little bit lost. And so I, I think that uh, Shohei probably will just go where he can win. And right now the place he's got a best chance to win is, is Los Angeles Dodgers.
Does it feel like it'll have to be on the West Coast because how much closer to Japan that is? Not necessarily. I, I think that it might have a little bit of an edge because he's familiar with with that division and you know West Coast travel and you know East. You know, going East is it takes a while. I mean, there's certainly uh, we all know it's uh, the, the, we've, got, we've got great uh, travel in the major leagues, but but New York is still on the opposite side of the country. No, no one's been able to, to to figure out that riddle yet. And uh, I, I do think, too, that, again, I go back to the competitiveness aspect. Which, which New York team has a better chance of winning the, than the Dodgers or, or the Mariners, for that matter? And I would say neither, neither of them do. I mean, the, the Mets right now are not an appealing place. They're sellers right now at the deadline. The Yankees ha- have been inconsistent and look old. Why? 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 Why would you sign there if the money is is the same as what you could get on the West Coast from what's a, what's a better team in L.A. an up and coming team in Seattle where the the fan base there showered you with praise during the All Star game? You could play with Julio Rodriguez and, and join in with this really great young rotation. I mean, those both seem to me to be much better situations. And San Francisco is another one that I, I think are all from a standpoint of just competitiveness and, and your, your living, working situation, better. So I, I, I do expect it'll be on the West Coast. I don't think it's a hard and fast rule by any means. I just think it just so happens that some of the best situations for him happen to be on the West Coast. You mentioned the Mets as well. Uh, sellers, they moved out Max Scherzer already. They've already moved out David Robertson. We'll see what else they do before the deadline uh, Tuesday at 4 o'clock. But what have you made about this season for the Mets as a whole? Uh, we've seen it in sports so many times where you go out via free agency or trades and you load up a team with superstars, but it doesn't always click in that first season. And that's what we're seeing here. And now they're trading guys out. What have you made of this season for the Mets? And what could we see before the deadline tomorrow? Yeah, I, I mean, how much time do we have? I mean, this, 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 this <laughs> season has been uh, very, very challenging for the New York Mets. I mean, they they again and, and we'll we'll play this back at some point whenever whenever you guys are wondering why certain teams why team x is not signing player y for half a billion dollars or a quarter billion dollars whatever it ends up being this is often the the answer that when when you tie up your future in one or two players especially when they're older and things don't work out it it gets ugly you end up having to send 36 million dollars with the future Hall of Famer to have him go away, what what is that? So I mean, like that. So that's basically what's happening right now. It, it is a it is a disaster to to use a very blunt term, and and it's a team that is old and not playing terribly well. And your avenue to fix the situation is not really all that appealing either. So they're they're stuck. I mean, they have got a lot of issues right now uh, in a division that's very competitive. And again, look at the Atlanta Braves. The Braves are the the archetype of a team that has done a good job of bringing in the right players, signing them almost immediately, whether it's Matt Olson and Sean Murphy. You know, people really enjoy playing in Atlanta. They've got a great culture. Brian Sitzker is a great manager. They've got young talent. Uh, they've got arguably the best pure offensive player in the world in Ronald Acuna Jr. They've got Ozzie Albies, who's still a, a champ. I mean, they, they've got really really good players and and i just think that when you and they're they're young and in the right age range that's the other piece of this you can't just sign guys who are in their late 30s early 40s 
and expect them to be as good as they were 10 years ago. It's just not logical. And, and I think that you're seeing the, the fallacy in, in as, as my friend Jim Bowden likes to call it, checkbook baseball. It just, it, sometimes it works when it's the right players, when you've got the right culture. The Mets culture has been spending, and that's not really a, a winning culture. That's just adding players and, and bringing them all in and asking Buck Showalter to, uh, to organize it, which is just not really a, a conducive pattern in winning. And, and I, I think that they – they're in for a very difficult offseason. And, again, if they, if they think that they're going to be able to impress Otani enough to have him leave the West Coast, come all the way to New York, and, and look around that clubhouse and say, yeah, I've got a better chance to win here than I do with the Dodgers, I, that's just that, that's fiction for me. I mean, they, they, I just I don't see it. And so uh, we'll, we'll see what happens for them over the course of the offseason. Uh, John, before I let you go, I know you're super busy, and we appreciate your time uh, the next day and a half here for you especially um patrice bergeron retiring from the bruins opens the door for your red wings to be a playoff team here maybe john oh yeah i i think they'll make the playoffs i do i mean i I maybe i'm a little bit maybe i'm a little bit uh yeah i am maybe i'm overly optimistic as a as a hometown guy but but look they they now have the ability to have multiple scoring lines i think that the debrinket trade was important uh obviously that they they brought in comfort they've got cop who I think will be better in year two than he was in year one. They still have Larkin, obviously. Um, I, I like this team. I think defensively, uh, if Edvinson comes in and wins a job, then then he's got a spot. If he doesn't, then he can go back down to the American League. I like what they've done. You know, Hull I think is going to be a Hall is going to be a, like a good player for them uh, coming in from uh, from Toronto. And and I think that defensively, you've got one of those anchor defensemen in Zider. They've worked on their goaltending. Uh, I. Guys, I gotta tell you, I, I trust number nineteen. I, I have for a long time, so <laughs> I think his, his track record uh, says it. They've drafted well, developed well. I, I'll say this though: I think Buffalo is going to be really good too. I think Buffalo is getting better and better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I think that's a team that I'm going to watch carefully as well, and it's going to be competitive. You got the Stanley Cup finalists there in Florida. Um, obviously, the Leafs will be pretty good again, but I, I think Buffalo and Detroit are, are going to be the two teams that really move up uh, the most in the Atlantic this year. Uh, John Morosi, reporter, MLB Network. Dabbles with the NHL Network as well. John, terrific stuff as always. Thanks for this, pal. We'll talk soon. Really appreciate it, guys. Thanks for the conversation, and uh, I look forward. I, I got to get out to the uh, to the Saddle Dome. I've, I've never seen a game there, and that's uh, that's on Ooh. my list here for hopefully uh, hopefully this coming season. We would love to host you. Thanks, pal. Thanks, guys. All the best. Thank you. There he is on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. I guess Holland brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. 15-time Consumer's Choice Award winner at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast for pickup or delivery. Call 403-248-3344. Straight ahead, our man Julian McKenzie, Flames writer for The Athletic, will join us. Haley McGoldrick, uh, writer for Sportsnet on Canada crashing out of the Women's World Cup. And uh, the guys in the studio are going to try the Wayne Gretzky, uh, the 9 by 9 coffee. Uh, extra large. Uh, we'll do all that in the 8 o'clock hour. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sports at 960, the fan.